Hello and welcome back to the School Football Talk Show. Today, I'm just going to be talking about the Vikings 2022 season. I'm going to go over all of the games that were played, all 17 games, and obviously the playoff game. I'm going to be talking about the successful players and maybe the players, coaches that failed this season. I'm going to talk about probably a bigger chunk about the wild card game than just the the regular games but then yeah so I'll talk about obviously more in depth about the wild card game because that was kind of the culmination of our just fraudness and inability to play good defense and be be a good team all around so stay tuned for that. That'll be coming later. But yeah, to just start it off, um, I just want to say I think the Vikings season was a huge success. Obviously, it ended a little bit earlier than we would have liked. We didn't win any playoff games. But I think for the Vikings, that's pretty good. That 13 and 4 doesn't happen very often as is in the NFL. So I think just like the fact that we did that and had the 31st overall defense, like I think it's yards or it might be points. I think it's yards. That's pretty insane. And obviously a ton of players go into that. Like just being 13 and 4 everyone on the team obviously made an impact but i'm going to be talking about the main ones i'm not going to say what every player on their roster and every coach on the team did to help like that would be crazy but i'm just going to be talking about the main guys and i think just with this a lot of things have been said about how all oh, the vikings are frauds they go 13 and 4, but they have a minus 3 point differential, which is horrible. And I'm it's that's kind of a little disappointing that they did that. But I mean, it's not it's it's good that we're winning games and I heard that th- this was something that I heard at just like the brat from the broadcast at the Vikings Giants wild card game. Were, or it might have been a game like a, a week back when we played the Bears, but we're 11-0 in one-score games. That's actually 11-1 now from the wildcard game, but whatever. 11-0 in regular season, one-score games. Th- this wouldn't have happened if we weren't something special. This wouldn't have happened if we weren't the offense that we are. And that just goes back to you might you might play, you might be in a bunch of one-score games, but it's not like you're going 5 and 6 in them. It's not like you're losing all of them. That's kind of where we were at last year. We are we we're winning them. And I give all of that credit to Mainly Kevin O'Connell, but then going back to all the players, obviously they they make the biggest impact. They play, and just players that have stepped up big. Justin Jefferson obviously stepped up big. Our O-line kind of, it, it got better, not much better, but it's better than it kind of usually has been. I Obviously, Kirk Cousins is one of the most stacked quarterbacks, but like, if you, if Kirk Cousins has time to at least just just set up a screen pass or get something to Justin Jefferson. That that's good for him cuz he's not a very good quarterback, but he is he is not horrible either. So obviously, we're do, we were doing a whole lot better in the regular season. Obviously, we had some games against some really good teams like the Eagles. They're a heavy big Super Bowl contender. The Cowboys also not kind of a Super Bowl contender, but they have they have the b- probably second best or the best defense 
in the NFL and next to the Niners, obviously, they're just insane. And then I'll talk about this later, obviously, but the Packers, like that was another blowout loss game. And I don't think a lot of people saw that happening. It was like a five point spread maybe on them winning, but yeah, like I'm going to obviously talk about this more later, but we're 11 and 0 in one score games, but then we can't win these really important big matchup games which kind of makes us 13 and 4. And but I I don't want to overshadow this, but I mainly just want to talk about that a team that wasn't this special wouldn't have gone 11 and 0. I said this before, but if we weren't the Minnesota Vikings of 2022, we would probably, if we were a 2020-2021 Vikings, we'd probably be like, I don't even know, like 7-10. and 10. If we could not just close out games the way we have been and the way we kind of continue to be doing. Like, I get it. There's a lot of little asterisks to each game we played on why we won or why we lost but we're we're doing something right that we're 13 and 4 not every team does that obviously only a couple get near that every year and so that's just what i think is special so now let's just go through all the games i'll go through them quick just a year in review you could call it so starting off week one packers Probably my favorite game of the entire year, besides the Bills, because that was game of the year. So, basically, coming into the week, we knew it was going to be tough for the Packers. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers hadn't played yet as of then, because, like, preseason stuff. And the main just couple stories is were, is Aaron Rodgers going to be able to lift these young receivers up? what's going to happen without the likes of Devontae Adams and the other, why am I forgetting his name? The other wide receiver one on at that team at that point, obviously Christian Watson has kind of taken up, taken on that role, but, and then also there's starting tackles, starting offensive tackles were out that game. So three huge factors and we just, we just showed up and played. Obviously, probably one of the most iconic Packers plays of this year was the walk-in touchdown drop from Aaron Rodgers to Christian Watson. First offensive player of the year. Could have been a touchdown, but he dropped it. And then they just couldn't get back up from that. After that moment, we just we just kept going and going. JJ had a career one of his career games obviously does that a lot but he put up crazy numbers against pretty decent a pretty decent secondary they it, it didn't show in that game but they're pretty good like Jair Alexander I'm just gonna name him because he's like the main guy covering Justin Jefferson and the main guy who was basically getting burned the whole game but yeah we played great 24-7 um yeah, and that's pretty much it for that game. Like, we had a bunch of great defensive plays. Obviously, we're at home, first game of the year, so that helped. But a bunch of good plays all around. And, like, Greg Joseph made a couple long, long field goals. Like, so special teams did good. Defense did great, only holding up one touchdown late, trash time points, and then had a bunch of other sacks forced fumble, fumble recovery, stuff like that. So obviously great game all around. I was very, very excited for where our season was going, just watching that. Then moving on where we had our first loss, the Eagles game. So I didn't really know what to think of this matchup when it before it happened obviously we were only one game in the eagles had 
just barely sneaked a win out in Detroit, which is kind of embarrassing, but like the Detroit team's pretty good. They beat us once. And with that, I mean, Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown and the entire Eagles offense and defense was just able to just be better than us. And they played like they knew they were better than us. Like, obviously, Jalen Hurts getting stupid good runs. A.J. Brown getting a long touchdown in there because we don't know how to cover. And then, yeah, just like on offense, Irv Smith obviously had a long or had a drop that could have been almost a touchdown. He did get a touchdown in that game. But, yeah, they just... They just played bad. We just we just played really bad in that game. And I mean, the, this was the first time I saw Kevin O'Connell just like uses leadership, uses coaching skills and whatnot. He said in the press conference, I'm putting this loss on me. And that that showed me the main thing it showed me was that he's going to he's accountable. He's not going to start pointing fingers. He's not going to go around saying like oh you messed that up you messed this up he 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 took that loss and like he could have been coaching better Kirk Cousins th- could have been throwing better Justin Jefferson could have been catching better Irv Smith could have been catching better our whole team could have done a lot better all around but we just didn't play as well as the Eagles played and that turned up turned out to be a blowout next up we got the Lions game so I Towards the end of this game, I had because I like I wasn't watching the game. I was busy, so I was refreshing it on the NFL app to like see every play basically. And then I see them go for it on fourth and eight, and like Adam Thielen didn't make the catch, and I'm like, oh my gosh, we just lost to the Lions because before like the year before one of our last games, they got their first win like of the season and it was because we don't know how to play defense good on one last dang play and I'm seeing this and I'm like oh my gosh did we we did not just lose to the Lions like part two almost and then a little bit later I think how it went down is they went for a field goal missed it because it was in 50s those are kind of tough to make I would know we miss a lot of those in 50s but Then we just, basically the two plays after the fact were KJ Osborne's touchdown and Josh Metellus picking off Jared Goff to win the game. And so, just a really quick um, fun fact here. The, back in 2018 when Minneapolis Miracle happened, the like the meter for how loud it would the decibel meter only went to 120 so obviously that exceeded 120 but they didn't have they didn't have um the same technology they do have they have today so obviously it's more whatnot it surpassed 120 louder than the minneapolis miracle on that play i don't know if like if it actually was truly louder than that, but that's crazy that it it surpassed. Well, no, okay, it surpassed 120, but I don't know how much louder the Minneapolis Miracle was than 120. I'm sure there's probably some stuff out there, some studies been done about how loud it truly was. But the fact that the fact that it went over 120 is like nuts. Usually when every usually when Everyone's cheering at the top of their lungs on defensive play. It gets to around 105, but that's that's kind of crazy that it went like 130. So moving on, Saints game. Saints versus Vikings played in London. Pretty neat. I couldn't watch it either because it was the timing just didn't work as it being a 9:30 game on a Sunday, and so I'm kind of. I'm kind of going back and forth, like getting some notifications on my watch, on my phone. And then like I, after I 
like could go back on my phone and when I was free I looked on it and it was like the Saints missed a 61 yard field goal to basically lose the game and it was a double doink so that was nice like sorry Bears fans but yeah like that this was one of them where like I obviously didn't watch it so I can't say much about it but like I assume Justin Jefferson played well I assume Kirk Cousins played well we put up a good stack of points and yeah like that was one of those games where it was pretty dang close but we just lucked out and they just didn't have enough range to win or they didn't have enough the Saints kicker didn't have enough accuracy I think that's what it was so yeah that's just one of those games where it was in the next game I'm going to talk about the Bears Vikings game that was one of them and a lot of these games like the next five were one score games so yes let's let's move on to the Bears game so this game we went up like 17 nothing but we're not gonna hold that lead because after half or ha- after halftime teams usually tend to crawl back and like they did end up doing that and they were basically last play they were setting up to go down the field and make something happen and final play of the game this is when I had any this is when I had started having respect for Cameron Ansler. he steals the ball from former Minnesota Viking Amir Smith-Marset and runs it back and gets the ball and wins us the game this is another one where us just being a little lucky and like a little good at one score games that's when it really helps is just because like just because they put them the vikings put themselves in a position to win that game and just cameron nassler not giving up on that play that really really helps us just win these games and when the whole team is lifted up it might be on one person it might just be the whole team like just playing for each other, leaning on each other for for wins and and points or whatever. That was that was very a very good showing of a good team playing a good game and just having something a little spark go their way that they can take the win. So moving on, Vikings Dolphins game. This game after we kind of had some had some turnovers like it started out like uh Tua Tagovailoa is not playing. This should be fine. They're going to have Skylar Thompson in at starter and then he goes out of the game. So then former Minnesota Viking Teddy Bridgewater comes in the game. And yeah, we just played really really good defense. And we had a good amount of turnovers. When it mattered, which this is the most, this is one of the most important, most important parts. When you make a big play, when it matters, that's how you win games. Like if you're, if you get a pick, but then your defense just plays or your offense just plays absolutely horrible, turn it over. They, they, and then the other team can drive down the field, get a touchdown and you lose. That's not a good team, but clearly this Vikings team was good enough to make that happen. They got turnovers when it mattered, and they just, like, another Dalvin Cook run later into the end zone for, like, 60 yards kind of secured that, and that was definitely one of the more fun games to watch, but that was also probably one of the games that uh, that I saw the most when we blew coverage, and mainly just, like, Tyree Kill... Mike Kosicki, just all those guys who can just are just so fast and we're not like we're not very good when throws are just jetted down or there's just like a really fast pass that gets maybe not yards at maybe not a lot of yards after catch but still like we again like for this whole Vikings are frauds thing we saw we saw a lot of things hinting up to our game 
on Sunday where we're just we were just like blowing coverage against pretty not good teams like the Dolphins led by their backup quarterback or whatever and that just that just shows that like not everyone's perfect not everyone is like Chiefs Bills level of teams or defenses like the Cowboys or the um Niners so that just kind of showed really well that our defense probably needs and has some work to get done to be better, which they never really ended up getting to that level. Besides a lot of besides a lot of turnovers, besides a lot of good plays when it counts, they just don't do enough things to stop those big plays from needing to happen. And that's kind of I'm not going to say it's disappointing that the Vikings are in a place like that, but it's definitely not fun when you can't count on your own team's defense on doing things right. Moving on, let's talk about the Cardinals game. This was probably one of my favorite games to watch. Like, like they have a really good team. They have a good defense. Jared Allen literally got inducted into the Hall of Fame in that game. So, yeah. Like, really, really cool game, and basically just the ending, base, the most important part was when he kind of threw a 20-yard check down pass when he should have thrown like a 60 Hail Murray, 60-yard Hail Murray to win it, and then, yeah, time ran out, Vikings win, but there were obviously a lot of things that led up to that, like, our offense playing really good. Our defense playing really good. Obviously, DeAndre Hopkins had a nice one-handed touchdown snag. But, like, whatever. We both played good. I'm not gonna... I don't have money, many other comments for that. Like, it's just two, play, two teams playing good. Which one is gonna be better at things that skill does not make up for? And then now, let's talk about the Commanders game. I'm going to go into a little bit more depth on this one. Obviously, there's still a lot more left, but I don't know what was wrong with our offense in that game. And obviously, I'm there is one play that I'm going to point out in pretty good detail, but we were just not able to do anything against a pretty bad defense. I'm not trying to be mean to their defense. Some great players on that team. But the Minnesota Vikings, if we're a Super Bowl team, then we should be pretty good. And that was not shown in that game, that it was a that, that was a one-score game. And obviously, the main play I'll talk about real quick. Basically, there's three Vikings defenders... Cam Bynum tries to go for the pick, runs into the dang defender, and falls. And then Curtis Samuel just gets a 50-yard touchdown, even though he was probably down. And, like, we were supposed to get, like, a little redo play because they ran— because one of our guys ran in accidentally ran into a ref. So I I wasn't really satisfied with that with that play at all I don't think any Vikings fans were but like you're not gonna win or lose by little mistakes that happen they they won obviously off it was pretty much a game-winning field goal had a couple other things happen after I wasn't really watching at the end I had a fantasy draft to do but yeah I mean moral or end of that game like we played good they kind of their defense played better but we just have a we just had a better offense better defense all around to not to not beat them so then the game i'm gonna go into the most detail on vikings bills catch of the year game of the year so obviously this matchup had a ton of just general excitement around it just because 
we were set to play the Buffalo Bills. I had a ton of excitement around this game, and it most definitely lived up to the hype. Vikings went up, they got a touchdown, and then the Bills got two more touchdowns, I th- and then I think they got a field goal, and we just we just didn't stop. And the main two plays, I'm going to, there were obviously a lot of other things, but I'm going to start, it was probably under two minutes left, fourth and 18, we need a touchdown to win the game. I think it was 28-34. Yes. Wait, no. It might have been something like that. Catch of the year. Justin Jefferson on 4th and 18. One-handed grab that might have gone down as the greatest catch ever. If Odell Buckham Jr.'s catch hadn't happened or George Pickens. But, yeah, he made that happen. And, like, I don't know how... I don't know how he just goes up with his hand and grabs a ball on 4th and 18 to keep the game alive and keep the game going. When I first saw that, I'm like, no, he dropped it, and we just lost one of the greatest games we ever played. And then I see that he catches it, and and that, like, we still have a fighting chance. And I was just like, what? We just did that? How did that just happen? And then a couple plays later, um, one of the other kind of turning points was the Kirk Cousins quarterback sneak that ended up being short of the line and we weren't able to get the touchdown. And obviously, a lot of things happened after that like I don't know how any of this stuff happened. Obviously, the Bills team is just crazy. Like, yeah, like, that's just insane how the next couple plays I'm going to tell you happened. So, Kirk Cousins' quarterback sneak was just barely short. It's probably still a little bit controversial that he didn't make it into the touchdown. But then... Bills inside the one, all they had to do was to get a couple quarterback sneaks, just get a first down, maybe, and more, and a little bit more, run out the clock, and put a seal on the victory. And they fumbled the ball in the end zone, and rest is history. We pick it up, we get the touchdown and the lead. And basically, now I just want to I just want to talk about the probability of something like that happening. So obviously, we're known for we're known for winning we're known for winning one score games. Not a lot of them had happened up to this point. It only been halfway through the season, but like. You're on inside the one and they fumble it and we get a touchdown. That's like, how does something like that happen? I don't know how that I still to this day do not know how that happened. Moving on. Pretty sure we missed the PAT on that touchdown, which is very disappointing, obviously. But basically... The Bills went down the field. Gabe Davis had a little bit of a controversial catch. Wasn't really a catch, like, at all. And then, yeah, they go down the field a little bit more, kick a field goal, and put it into overtime. So overtime starts. We get the ball, and we're we're down at about the two. I want to say the two. It's probably around the five, though. All we really have to do is just get a a run and end the game. But then, obviously, a lot of the craziness wouldn't have happened at all. So we ended up just going for just going sticking with the field goal that goes in. And then Bills get the ball back. They're driving and driving and driving down the field. 
and then Patrick Peterson makes what is probably the player of his career, picking off Josh Allen to secure our victory over the Buffalo Bills, one of the greatest football franchises in the past five years. So, like, what? That, I I still, again, I'm still in unbelief that that happened. It took, I was, like, going berserk. I couldn't... I couldn't just fathom that we had just done that, beating the Bills. So that's, I'm going to leave it at that. I don't really know how that happened. That was insane. Now, moving on to the Cowboys game. Yeah, this game was just extremely disappointing. Obviously, we were facing a great offense led by Tony Pollard, Dak Prescott, C.D. Lamb, Ezekiel Elliott, and then a defense led by Trayvon Diggs, Micah Parsons, who ended up being one of the, like, the biggest impacted players in the game just to start it off. And, yeah, we just... So, for basically one of the first plays, Micah Parsons got us strip sack and got the ball back, which was pretty much... It was just that one thing that the Cowboys needed to basically take the victory right out of our hands, and they ended up beating us 40-3. to So, we just, we just did not, we just did not show up to play. Justin Jefferson didn't do anything in that game. I, I like, had to stop watching after a while just because how mad I was at the Vikings for that, but... Like, it's kind of just that self-harm thing. Like, we're we're not... We can't let them take advantage of our mistakes on offense and defense. Like, usually you don't just... the You don't just get 30 yards on one play that just so happens to be in bounds and then they kick a 62-yard field goal. Like, that just doesn't... That just doesn't happen. So obviously, they pretty they had a lot of luck in that game, but they were actually able to hold the lead. Unlike a team I'm gonna discuss in a little bit, the Colts. Um, and uh, so yeah, they were they just played a heck of a football game. I I respect Micah Parsons and Tony Pollard for that. I'm still a little bit mad about that. And that was just the start of our. That was just. That was game two of our fraudulent point or bad point differential game. Whatever. I don't know what you want to call it. And then moving on to the Patriots game. So this game was played on Thanksgiving. The Vikings were wearing their primetime purple so uniform. So the purple with the white letters or the yellow letters. It looks sick. And, you know, Justin Jefferson's about to go off. Justin Jefferson, Kirk Cousins, Dalvin Cook, everyone on that team made some play. Like TJ Hawkinson had a touchdown. Adam Thielen had a touchdown. JJ had a touchdown. Kirk Cousins played great. Like our whole team all around played awesome. Justin Jefferson was able to make some crazy catches that ended up being massive gains, like double coverage gains too, which are like insane. Just a lot of him knowing what to do, getting catches, and just the Patriots just not being that team to come back and play well. And um, yeah, so basically that game was great. It was fun to watch. I, I was really excited that we were able to just play good old football. Moving on, we got seven games to discuss, so... Jets, great game. We went up like 17-0. Obviously, we're not going to hold a lead. Game pretty much comes down to the down to the wire. And but before before I discuss these last plays or these this last cup this last drive that the Jets made, I want to talk about Justin Jefferson. And one 
one aspect of him that he could actually make happen. So he caught a really, really nice touchdown towards the end of the game. And those MVP chants started rolling in. And pretty much everyone in U.S. Bank Stadium was chanting MVP, MVP, as they should, as he's been the number one receiver this year. And, like, could that happen? Could that possibly in any way happen? Justin Jefferson winning MVP? I, I get he, he will probably win Offensive Player of the Year, but... Could he win off could he win MVP? I will like go crazy if that happens. Obviously he didn't the Vikings didn't make a run in the postseason, which kind of hurt that, but he might have done enough to get like I think he's fifth in MVP voting right now. I could be wrong about that. Other players could be like going up in there, but I'm I'm just gonna leave it at that. He's just been a he's just been a huge factor. Obviously, everyone knows that. And it's it's pretty easy to say Justin Jefferson is the sole purpose that we're winning these games, but it's not like a lot of other players have been doing their job so that those catches can happen. He he has a huge part in it. I'm not gonna like cover that up. He's probably the biggest impact on our team, just making these very very big important plays that wins us games so going back to the Jets Jets Vikings game they got one play left it's fourth down they're near the end zone I'm like scared for what's gonna happen and Cam Bynum gets the interception to end the game that was that was another that was another sense of we're a pretty good football team, but it's it gets a little scary because I can't just watch these football games and just relax because they're up by 30. I can't just... I wish I could, and I hope I'm able to next year, but that we're basically blowing leads to the Jets who... Good football team, but they're led by Mike White. They don't have much on their team. They got Sauce Gardner, but, like, that's not... We shouldn't be doing that against a not-so-good team who had, like, the number three pick last year. So, moving on to the Lions game. I'm not going to talk about this as much because we just... We just played a bad football game. They were the they were the better team in that one. We weren't. We played bad. Justin Jefferson had the career high receiving yards. I don't want to point I don't want to cover that up. He had like 200 something, which is just insane. But we just played bad defense. We we just did not do enough to win. And now Comeback, big at largest comeback in NFL history, Colts versus Vikings. So basically at the start of this, like they got a touchdown, they got a block punt for a touchdown, they got a pick for a touchdown, another pick, like some fumbles. They had a lot. The Colts had a lot of stuff going for them. And what's just what was so disappointing is that they're one of they're probably the worst one of the worst football teams. They don't really have a quarterback. The quarterback that was in that game now holds the largest Super Bowl comeback and the largest regular season comeback in NFL history. So like they don't really have a team. They're not all that good at all. And now we go down 33 to them of all people the, the Colts of all people. And then second half starts, Patrick Peterson makes the famous quote, we only need five touchdowns. What are the Vikings going on to do? They get five dang touchdowns, a two-point conversion. They're tied at 36. And then as of then, like, I think it was when we were down 15, like we just 
it's just that moment when you're like, oh my gosh, we can win this game. We we can we can win this game and get the second and get the largest comeback in NFL history. And another touchdown came in, another touchdown came in, two-point conversion happened. And as of then, we had all the momentum. We had everything going for us at by that point. And <clears throat> like that was probably one of our craziest games of the year. Just that that we can we can do something like that. And if we weren't the explosive offense that we that we base that we are, I don't think that would have ever happened. And if we didn't have a leader, a a, a mentor, uh just an all-around great guy at head coach who's not who's not just gonna be like, oh my gosh, you let me down so much. I had so much hope in you. No, he's like, I'm gonna play better, I'm gonna call better plays, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna be accountable for myself and I'll take what happened in the first half. I'll I'll take that and just go play some good football. Do what you need to do to get this team back, to get this game back. And that happened. That 100% happened. And then, yeah, it went into overtime. I'm if I oh, I can't think, but I feel like they had the ball first, but obviously they didn't score a touchdown or a field goal or anything. And yeah, we got the ball back. And with like 10 seconds left, Justin Jefferson makes a catch, putting us into actually good field goal range. And then we get a fifth and then we get, I can't remember. I think it was a, it was either a five or a 15 yard penalty that secured the game and won us that game which was which won us the division it put our spot into the playoffs and that was probably the craziest thing the set or the second craziest thing to happen behind the bills game in the 2022 season for us so yeah i'm gonna leave it at that we played a very good game in the second half getting five touchdowns and it was a, it was also a bunch of different guys like Justin Jefferson had one um Adam Thielen had one CJ Ham the fullback had one and then um Dalvin Cook had a great like he had like a massive like 80 yard setup screen pass run for a touchdown KJ Osborne had one. He was probably the most like that was probably the turning point of the game is just when he got that touchdown. And then basically finally for that, TJ Hawkinson getting the two point, leading us near victory. So I'm gonna leave it at that. I want uh, let me know what you thought of that game, how we played. Yeah, just just let me know what you thought of that game. And then Giants game, I was there. That was a blast. We played we played good on both sides. And but they had Saquon Barkley and on one of the last plays, they had a Saquon Barkley had a really nice run for a touchdown. They got the two point and we just needed something to happen. A base pretty much a miracle. So we go down a little bit down the field. Justin Jefferson makes a good catch, gets a couple more yards. We spike the ball down, and it's 61-yard field goal time. You know what Greg Joseph does? He nails that. I was going crazy. That was probably one of my favorite moments of this year. Obviously, there's a lot. One of the most, probably the most exciting seasons I've remembered besides the 2017-2018 season when we had the Minneapolis Miracle. And like, there, again, I'm going to say this again. There's something special that happened in, in that game and throughout the season that we have 
that a lot of other teams don't where we can just like maybe it's right place right time maybe it's we just have luck or whatever but yeah i'm just gonna leave it at that we played really good and yeah we played really good we ended up getting the dub in that game and then the next one I'm going to talk about, I don't want to talk about it for long, the Packers game. Huge disappointing game. Just like, I was just like very mad about what happened in that. We had way too many turnovers. We had like Justin Jefferson was locked down. He only had like three fantasy points or two and a half fantasy points. And like, we just, we just played horrible. The Packers were a much better team than they were when they played us week one. Their defense actually could cover Justin Jefferson, and we just played bad. I'm just going to leave it at that. I don't really want to talk about it at all. It's it's kind of a sensitive topic, but yeah. Final game of the regular season, Vikings-Bears. This game didn't really matter. We had the three seed locked in, and yeah, we just played. They obviously had a lot of their backups in. I'm not going to, I'm not going to like just throw that aspect of it under the bus they had a lot of their backups in who aren't good and are definitely not better as a whole than our defense. And yeah, Justin Jefferson had good plays. We ended up putting in most of our backups. I think KJ Osborne was still out there. But then Jalen Naylor, our fifth string wide receiver, our fifth he's he's like on special teams basically. He's I think he's a gunner or something. And he was making a ton of plays. And that just showed, and he just showcased really well how he can play good and how, yeah, how he's just a good guy and how we should keep him for later. Nick Mullins played great. I don't know if he had a touchdown. He had a pick, but like, whatever. It didn't really matter that much. We had two picks, so. We're better in that time in that sense obviously bears quarterbacks in that game were like nathan peterman and tim boyle so a bunch of bad journeyman quarterbacks not really much skill there at all on that team without justin fields so that's all i'm that's all i really want to say and then to wrap this episode up let's just talk about the Vikings Giants game and how our problems on defense and Kirk Cousins little issues that he has just culminated in this game obviously we let their entire team run all over us we we were still in it we still it was a back and forth battle for a while but then when it came down to the last play fourth and eight Vikings go in a tight formation instead of having two wide outs which you should be doing on a play like fourth and long they just Kirk Cousins I'm gonna say made one of the probably the biggest mistakes of of the season I'm not gonna say biggest because it wasn't because there was a lot of other things that happened, but Kirk threw a check down on fourth and eight, securing the victory for the Giants. And this one play, it didn't just show what Kirk did. Because I'm not going to blame that on him. I can kind of see where he was going on that, like... Instead of everyone, like, because when you run a tight formation, a lot of, most of the guys are going to be double covered. Like, there's going to be a cornerback on every guy, possibly two high safeties, or one low, one mid back, like, depending on the formation, and then three line, four linebackers. So, most of these guys are getting double covered. The only one that's not is TJ Hawkinson. And that's who he decides to throw it to, throwing away our season. And, um, yeah. So this showed a lot of different things. It showed that we're not a true deep run in the playoff team. 
we're not a good defense. We're not. I knew all these things were true, but the fact that it actually, I knew all these things were true during the season, but that it actually like showed itself and that it actually happened was just a little disappointing that it had to happen in the first week of the playoffs. So I'm, I kind of want to leave it at that. I'm still like recovering from that loss, even though it happened almost a week ago. I do believe we could have played a lot better than that. And our defense could have made a lot more stops. Like it was a very offense heavy game. We both put up big, big amounts of points, but they just ended up with more points. And that's what it com- comes down to. Whoever has the most points in a game wins. That's it's it's as simple as that. And I know like it's gonna be like oh the Vikings went eleven and zero and once in these games and they went thirteen and four, but like the game that ended their season they didn't have more points, and that basically just ended it for them. And what's just so disappointing is what we had. And we just had such a good team put together. Maybe it was Ed Donatel who, quick news bit here, he was just fired. Thank goodness he was fired. We can actually get someone who knows defense now. And, like, I'm just so happy that happened. I'm so relieved that I don't need to worry about that anymore. Obviously, our problems aren't just automatically fixed. We need to get a better guy. We need to get a lot of things to be better. But, like... At least he's out. He produced the 31st best yards or for the opposing team, 31st best yards, which is horrible. Um. So, yeah, he's fired. Thank goodness he's fired. I don't think he would have been around for much longer. But, like, yeah, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave it at that. Let me know what you think about the Vikings season. If you have a game in particular you want to comment about, if you have just thoughts about maybe certain things you thought I wasn't as true about, but like yeah, I think I'm 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 willing to say we had a pretty successful season. Some players did better than others. Obviously, Ed Donatel was not one of the people that did better at all in any way, but yeah just let me know what you think and i hope you enjoyed this episode of skull football talk show i hope you're excited for the content that surrounding the nfl playoffs the uh free agency the draft the off season that i'll be just producing and yeah i hope you enjoy this episode have a great night and we'll see you in the next one